comment. I made a, a deal with Crystal that I would upload and do everything for the YouTube channel, but I would not look at comments anymore because it's just amazing. Actually, it doesn't amaze me. It doesn't surprise me. People are awful on keyboards. The things that and they I have, have fun with it. The things that they have said about us, me and Crystal, about our spouses, just about our home. <clears throat> um, but I did see one not too long ago. I think somebody made it about a month ago because it's been a while. I was just checking our like analytics, and somebody called me and Crystal beauties. Oh yes, so I saw that. That was sweet. That was sweet. That was very sweet. And he actually did another comment where he was like agreeing with something that crystal had previously said and either a comment or something she said during the twitch stream i don't know that twitch stream was literally over a year ago and we still get hate comments on i know it. i don't even listen to the hate comments anymore i just um, listen to the good ones but we had had some recent good ones um surprisingly one of our episodes we did like over a year ago about Derek todd lee um which is the baton rouge serial killer has gotten a lot of views lately and a lot of comments. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. That's what we've had going on lately in our life. We've had a lot of people emailing us in. I did not realize how many people still email, like outside of business, you know what I mean? Like just to chat, I guess. So like, you know, like mainly people use email for like specific communication. Either for work or like, you know, other stuff like that. But like we literally have people, we had... I think we talked about our last Twitch stream, or we did on an episode. I can't remember. But her name is Dee Dee. Um, she emailed us. That, that was pretty cool. Just to tell us that she enjoyed one of our episodes. That was really And gave us a little cool. bit of information. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, it's kind of refreshing to see. And I think that got me and Crystal talking about a conversation about how people don't write letters anymore. Um... So it's kind of cool to get emails and stuff like that and just see that people knows. We have people tagging us on Facebook, which Facebook is not, it's not really a thing anymore. I'm just going to say it. Like, not as many people get on Facebook anymore. And we have people sending us, like, Facebook pages. We recently just sat down and recorded uh, an episode and it literally fell into our lap because somebody sent us a Facebook page that is for someone that went missing so really cool to just say that our name is kind of getting out there and kind of just making the rounds um and i did notice um because we use anchor which is kind of a application i guess that people use for podcasts and a lot of the analytics and stuff come from spotify and the majority of our listeners are, like, around me and Crystal's age. Mm. Like, either 25 to, like, 35. But I was just telling Crystal earlier, from, like, 16 to 21 has recently jumped up. So, we have a lot of younger listeners, which is really cool. And then, from the ages of 55 to 70, oh. bumped up. And I was like, that's, like, my grandparents. Yeah, my grandparents. Yeah, so I was like, that's really cool. Thanks, um, grandparents, for sharing yeah. the word. <laughs> yeah, I... I don't know, it's just cool, like, you don't have to, like, give podcasts to one general, I guess, age group yeah. anymore, because now ours, like, you look at our analytics, and it's, like, all over the place now, probably not under 16, I just, because I would feel a little uncomfy if some people that age listen to our stuff, but yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, I'm gonna stop babbling, and I'm gonna hand it over to Crystal, she has a really cool case yep. that I... I have no idea. I just made the flyer for it and I'm here. Okay, so I got all my technical stuff done. So if y'all were looking at me saying, why is this girl not paying attention to anything? I promise I was. I was just making sure that everyone knew we were live on different social media platforms. The end. Okay. Just because I know YouTube people like to say stuff. Anyway. <laughs> so today's topic is one that I honestly have kind of like been enamored by for a long time. Um. And I don't know why I waited this long to cover it. I didn't even put it on the list until probably like six months ago. But, like, I don't know. I love it. I'm honestly surprised I had never. I saw it on the list, so I purposely didn't research it. But I'm honestly surprised I've never heard of it. 
only reason I know about it is because I was the kid like in middle school and high school who watched the History Channel. So that's how I that's how I know about Fair it. Enough. Like I watched the History Channel. And that was my least favorite subject. That's yeah, so. all I watched. Um, so in true crystal form, you're gonna get a little bit of a history lesson today. So I know you didn't, but I hope other people enjoyed history class because history lesson mm-hmm. it's not really a history lesson. you're not gonna have to memorize dates that was the first and best thing that i ever had a teacher tell me if someone teaches a history class and your history test is nothing but dates see, you did not learn history you learned to memorize dates see that was most of my classes. so i never like i know dates but like i never like memorized them because it wasn't important to me because it's just a day in history but i also had this stereotype it never failed. I had the stereotypical history teacher every year with some kind of sports coach. coach who really shouldn't have been teaching history. Yeah. I hate to be that way. Like, one of them, I actually, my freshman year, he was actually, we learned stuff. But, like, sophomore, junior, senior, they were all coaches. And they literally should not have had any classroom. I was going to say something, but I'm just not. I'm going to keep my little political mouth shut. It was just, like but you said, it was literally just dates, and that was it. it was, you should, I just no. had, It bored That's me. That's not history. Because, one, I'm really bad at names. Like, Crystal will, like, ramble off names. Like, you should know this person. I'm terrible with names. I need some kind of, like, landmark or some kind of descriptive, and I'm terrible with dates. That's why it surprises me when people tell me that they had or hated history, because I love it so much because the best way that I can equate it to people is for me it's like I don't know if you do this I recently found out that some people don't but when you read a book do you kind of create a whole scene and image in your head of like what the room looks like what Mm -hmm. these people look like it's very when I read a book it's very imaginative it's like I'm creating a movie in my head when I'm learning about history that's the same thing for me I basically create a whole, I try to recreate the whole scene in my head. So when somebody's having this co- this conversation or argument about a war or starting a war or, you know, people's rights, like when I think about those conversations, I put it all in my head and try to imagine what it was like. So I think that's why I love it so much. It has much. to be a specific topic because a lot of it is just boring and people yes. don't care about and a lot of them were really bad people and i'm yes. like why are we even why are we learning so much like, about the bad people we learn more about the bad people than we did about the good people or we learn more about the people who did things to the bad people and it's or like the good the bad people who did to the good people and we don't learn anything about the good a bunch people. of dates and stuff and yeah I'm just like it doesn't make sense but i don't like that kind of history so hopefully this doesn't feel like this is that so This is going to be a little unorthodox how I explain this to you as well. So, no one really knows where the Voynich manuscript originated or who even wrote it. So, they don't know where it came from and they don't know who wrote it. I will say when I was making the flyer for this, looking up the stuff for it was very interesting. Okay. Um, The first time in recorded history that it's mentioned was in the mid-17th century an alchemist named Georg Bersch, <laughs> give me all the credit for that, had a book in his possession for several years. He just kind of had it in his library, and he never knew what it meant. He basically, he called it a sphinx, because a, basically a sphinx is just like this wonder. Mm. And he was just using that word. It's like, I don't know. Apparently that's a thing. Interesting. But it was his sphinx, and he had no idea what it was. He had no idea anything about it. He couldn't make heads or tail of it when he looked inside of it. It looked like just a bunch of gibberish, basically. After several years of trying to understand what the book said, he reached out to a man named... Here's another one. Anna... hmm, I shouldn't pronounce this. Anastasius? Anastasius? Oh, God. I I practiced this. I practiced this, y'all. Athanasius? Athanasius? I'm pretty sure. Athanasius. Athanasius? (gasps) I looked it up in practice. Athanasius. I'm so sorry if your name is Athanasius. I can confidently say I've never met somebody with that Neither have I. But if in 2022 your name is Athanasius, I am sorry I butchered your name, but I figured it out. I do like it. Yes. Athanasius Kircher. I think that's how you say his last name. 
The first or Kircher. The first name is so cool and long, and then it's just Athanasius. Kircher. Athanasius is a cool name. Do not get me wrong, but I don't feel like I could confidently name my child Athanasius. Like, I like Atticus. Oh, I love Atticus. I love Atticus. But, yeah, I don't think I could name a child that. Because it's... Athanasius. What would you call him? Athy. (gasps) Athy would be cute. Nacious. Nay. I don't know. Anyone think too much about it. I'm sorry. Athanasius. Um... (laughs) Athanasius was a scholar who basically at the time claimed to have figured out and deciphered um, the hieroglyphs, like the Egyptian hieroglyphs. Um, But this was something that really and truly would not be done until like in the 1820s when Napoleon's troops um, find the Rosetta Stone. It's another one that I hated learning about. Napoleon? God, Mm. that was a big chunk. I don't know. I always feel like Napoleon is supposed to be this really bad guy. And, like, he was kind of a douchebag, but I don't know. I just wish I learned more about him. Like, I like what I learned about him, but I felt like we also learned about him in, like, this weird way. Like, I, I want to know more about him, not about all the things that he did, if that makes sense. I just felt like he was compensating for stuff. De- well, did you know he actually wasn't as short as people say he I got was. that vibe. Yeah, he was not very short. He was actually decently and he just felt um, like somebody that liked to fight. Yeah. Like but I want I want to know like him. I know he was a douche, but I want to know about him. Anyway, that's just who I am. I always want to know about people. I'm nosy. <laughs> um ask anyone. I'm the nosiest person you'll know. Um there are no records of communication between the two men at all, like between the two. But um, it did eventually make its way into the hands of Kircher Kircher after um, the the death of Bersh. So, in a letter, this is confusing, in a letter from a close friend of Bersh to Kircher, he details what little history of the book that he knew that was told to him by Bersh. He told him that a Dr. Raphael who was a tutor for Ferdinand III, who was the king of Bohemia, told him that the book belonged to the Emperor Rudolf II, who bought the book believing that it was written by Roger Bacon, and he bought it for, like, so much money, and, yeah. But, the but, you know, Emperor Rudolf II was, like, a collector of, like, Kind of like a culty things, weird things, mystery items, I'm that kind of sorry. stuff. Sorry, you're saying all these unique unique names, and then Roger Bacon. <laughs> okay, I think he actually had like a Greek or Roman name or something, or something. His name is like Rogerium Bacon. Oh, so they Americanized it, Roger Bacon. Colonized it. Yes, is Roger Bacon, <laughs> and he was kind of like a. I guess you could loosely call him a. Um, a scientist, I guess. Um, he did a lot of work with like refracting and like light refraction and figuring out that stuff, and then figuring out like microscopes mm-hmm. and magnifying glasses. That's where it came from. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of what his Pretty deal cool. was. Um, so that's the story that the book went along with for like years and years and years. Okay. Hmm. Um, after the book was given to Kircher, no location for the book was known for about 200 years. So for about 200 years, it just went missing. Um, historians can only assume, though, how the book got from Kircher's library to the man whose name would be attached to the Lanyek. Um, But the accepted history, so like what they assume is the most likely way that it happened, was that um, Kircher's collection of books was stored at the Roman College okay. in Rome, obviously, and it was founded by St. Ignatius. Important okay. to remember. Um, when the Italian government um, kind of went crazy and they had their whole like little thing, the government confiscated all the books from the library, from, this, from the Roman College Library. Okay? Well... While they did, like, before they did this, a lot of, like, professors and teachers were like, well, we're going to take the books home with us just in case they burn them or get rid of them. We want to be able to have them. That has very history. Yes, that happened. There's a very famous book. It's a Levant List book that that happens in. Um, you know what I'm talking about? 
Fahrenheit, whatever. I literally, I don't I love that book. I though. don't understand the current ban list because literally every book that's on there I read in high school. Yeah, they're 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 just books probably by people who haven't read them and their parents told them that they needed to be banned. Like, again. There's one that's banned for sexual assault, but that was the whole reason. You know which one I'm talking about? Uh uh-uh. uh, a kite runner. Oh yeah yeah. It yeah. was literally written about sexual assault and high school and how people survive from it yeah that's important things for high schoolers to know it just happened in a different country yeah well it comes anyways you read it read the book if you have it and then the author has another one by it too and i have that one i can't remember the name of it i have it at home but i can't remember the name of it they've been in 1984 i don't understand that i I, literally all the books that i love with like gender issues or um sexuality issues or sexual assault issues i'm like there's no difference between that and a book that we were reading 10 20 30 40 50 years ago like you can i mean kids are gonna still read it yeah public library like public libraries are literally putting those books in the front now yeah they are and i love it the bookstores barnes and noble shared that they literally have their front table with a sign that says current banned book and i've seen a lot of i've seen a lot of teachers buying every book that's on the current ban list and putting it in their library and making it like a no checkout policy like they'd have to keep it at school but they can go anywhere in the school and read it but they have to keep the book at school because like so they don't take it home and their parents see it and them get in trouble i'll never forget freshman year i was very excited i was like high school finally i'm gonna start reading some very like adult books i'm ready i love reading Mm -hmm. and we had to get a permission slip signed to read in cold blood and that's not even a... That's not even, like... I a, mean, it is really... It, there's a lot of blood and murder and stuff, and it's, like, still mystery, kind of, but, like... That's weird. And now I'm, like, they're freaking banning 1984. Like, that's, like, there's not prime even really time. anything bad in it. It just no. talks about the future. Yeah, and how the government and the world could be. Like, I don't know. Um, I'm very... Anyway, um, same thing. The government wanted to take books away from people. So this is what they did. Um, so the teachers were like, nope. We are, you know what I just realized? That little tangent we went on, we're going to get hate comments for it on YouTube. That's fine. So, I mean, we have freedom of speech, but it. Leave them below. Once you put it in a book form, it's no longer freedom of speech. Yeah, so uh, put it down. Put your, put your comment down. Um, so basically, the government, before the government could do that, all the professors were like, well, we're going to hold on to these because they're important. They realized the importance of the books. Um, and the Vanyak manuscript was among one of these. The man who took the book from himself had a pretty extensive private library, and as he got older, he had it moved to a building that was owned by the Jesuits. And the reason that's kind of connected is because the Roman college was that was founded by St. Ignatius also founded the Jesuits, which is like part of the Jesuits. Okay. okay? So, like communities, they yeah they were all in the same kind of community. So in 1912, the Roman College sold some of these books because eventually they had made their like way back to him. Like after the government kind of calmed down a little bit, they had made their way back to the Roman College. Um, So some of these books had made it back, and they were going to sell some of them to the Vatican. Now private buyers were also able to buy. And one of these was actually purchased by a man named Wilfred Vonnyck. Now, admittedly, Vonnyck had a pretty interesting life. Um, he was born in what is currently Lithuania, but, he, but then was part of Russia. So he became a pharmacist, okay. like, at really young, honestly. He was, like, 20. Um, and, but was... Ed, for his entire life, was a bibliophile. Just loved okay. books. When he was 20, he joined a failed res- revolution, which I'm just living for. It was just like a revolution to overthrow the government kind of revolution. Like, man, I love it. Um, he was arrested because it was failed and was sentenced to a penal colony in Siberia. So interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so he was there about three years. Uh, at age twenty-five, he escaped and traveled to London. So, like, just broke out, I guess. And well, he worked outside, but you know, just 
left. Oh, I just walked. <laughs> walked away in the middle of the night and didn't quit walking. Yeah. Um, in his 30s, he became a book dealer. And opened up his first bookstore, which is the dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 37, he got married. And not long after that, he became a British subject. Hmm. Okay. He ch- and, like, officially made his name because he was just going by, like, random names at this point. Because he quit going by his first name. And changed his name to officially Wilfred Devonick. Um, in 1912, he purchased a mysterious book from the Roman College, but he never really, like, publicly announced that he had this possession for, like, several years. Um, he obviously gave it his name and called it the Vanyak Manuscript. In the meantime, he tried to solve the code of the book by himself. See, all this time I thought that's what it was originally called. I didn't mm-hmm. know it was because this man named it. Bought it and, yeah. <laughs> So, he tried to solve this code. He loved books. He loved mysteries. And he tried to enlist the help of several scholars over the years. um, But nobody was really able to solve it. Like, they would look at it. People would try. He would send samples, like, like copies of, like, the pages to people. Nobody knew. Um, When... But when both he and his wife died, I believe this was the 40s? No, it was 60s. I'm sorry. When both he and his wife died in the 60s... His um, wife left it to a good friend of hers. So they were pretty old. Yeah, he he died like 20 years before she did. He died in the 40s. She died in the 60s. Oh. Um, so she lived 20 years without him, which breaks my heart. That's because so, yeah. I will be honest, I've told Holler, I don't know if I could live. I know this sounds like sickening sweet, but I don't think I could live without him. Like, I don't know how I would live without him. Like, I know I, pro- I would have to, and I would. Just be lonely. But I cannot imagine. I can't imagine these people who like lived like twenty years, thirty years, forty years without their spouse. Uh uh-uh. uh. I understand why people get remarried. <laughs> like sometimes, like you just need the love. But I don't like thinking about that because I hope to go out like Allie and Noah, hand in hand, on a hospital bed at the same time. <laughs> It's the only way we can all wish to go out. That's so irrational, but, yeah. Why is it irrational? Very rarely do couples die at the same exact moment. I know, but... You can dream. I can can dream. dream. (laughs) You can dream. I just don't want to die in, like, a car crash at the same exact time. I will, yeah. I mean, that does... Yeah, that could happen. Anyway. (laughs) Um, Her friend just up and sold it. To a rare book dealer, which I think is a little rude. Her friend after she died? Yes, after she died, her friend just sold it to a rare book dealer. I was like, that's horrible. It's I... like if you gave me a prized possession and then I was like, mm, I'm just going to sell this. I kept so much, like, I just <laughs> it, don't think I could. It felt a little, it felt a little mean. <laughs> um... She sold it to a rare books dealer who uh, couldn't find a buyer for it. Nobody wanted to buy this book, apparently. And Honestly, I think I would have just donated it. I would, too. So, to... he ended up donating it to you. Okay. Like, after years of not finding a seller, he just was like, I'm just going to donate God, it. God, he held that thing for he, years. Yeah, he held it for years. Nobody would it. buy it. He was Nobody down would bad buy it. for cash. She, they both were, apparently. Hi. Um. So, at this point, you have to be wondering... If you're a sane listener out there, what in the world I'm talking about? Um, so, what is this book? And you gotta Google it. It's crazy. Why does it have a crazy history? So, let's dive into this crazy world. So, this book is only about nine inches tall. It's about six inches wide and about two inches thick. That is not what I was thinking. So, I thought it was going to be like a huge, this massive book. book. Okay. Looking at the... Uh, so, it's, it's like a normal book size. Okay. Um, like a but, journal. Yeah, it's like a journal. Maybe a little bigger. Um, not all the pages are still there. Um, about 30 of them have gone missing with time. Um, the parchment is made up of calf skin. Um, but the current cover is not the original. It's thought to have been rebound in lamb. Um, I think it was lamb. Which people Goat, are probably like, lamb, that's really something. weird. But that's how... That's how everything That's how books were made back then. Um, it was rebound at, Roman, at the Roman College. Um, but inside, the book is filled with strange writing and beautifully drawn... Mm. 
Well, not beautifully. Mm. I mean, some of them are pretty. Some yeah. of them are interesting. They're interesting. Um, so at this point in time, if you're listening to us on YouTube or you're listening to this on your phone, make a little tab and go look up Google Images and type this in. Actually, you can go to the university. I think it was Yale University, if I'm not mistaken. It's a website, and they have a whole catalog of it, like scans, and you can click through them digitally. Yeah, there's one because I got two for the flyer. Yeah, yeah. it's really cool. Um, the writing itself is strange and unique, and it's not like any known language in our history. It has individually about 20 to 25 unique characters. So, like, imagine, like, our letters. Um, but their meaning is still unknown. Much of the text is written like a normal book with small margins on the side. Other parts are written around elaborate drawings and sketches. Um, and I really don't know how to describe the letters to you other than they look like short, like, quick strokes like if you were just making like a's and q's and like really like you know letters that just take like a second e's stuff like letters that are really quick to make i don't know if i'm making Um, sense with that if you're familiar with different languages it kind of looks like hebrew yeah yeah i can see that the first thing that came to mind I mean, not exactly. It's not obviously they'd be able to translate it, but it looks like Hebrew. It's just very short strokes. Um, I should also mention that the text in this book, in these book, in this book, shows no evidence um, that there was even a mistake in the writing. So when they've looked at each page under a microscope, there's not a single like mess up or single part where someone could like started writing a word and misspelt it and then had to start over or wrote something wrong um no even evidence of like like words starting to like you know how sometimes when you write on a page you can start trailing up or trailing down everything's written straight across no hesitation no hesitation so which would imply this was something um that if there was a mistake that they just immediately got a new piece of parchment which again would feed into this being a pretty important book now researchers typically divide this book up into sections when they're referring to the different parts of the book the astronomical gosh why did i struggle with that section is filled with depictions of moons stars our recording for the podcast kind of just spazzed out for a second so if you're listening to the podcast version of this i don't know what happened it just (laughs) like paused and got all spinny and started again um but it has stars moon signs and there's pictures of what looks to be zodiac signs so like cancer taurus like all the zodiac zodiac signs we know depictions of that of course, Aquarius and Capricorn are missing because those are the signs I connect with the most, and they're missing. Um, and there looks there's pictures of what looks to be um, the nude female form. So all in the book, you have like pictures of nude women, nude pregnant women, too. Um, and they're all these female forms are all in a circle, like not like. Like, imagine if, like, you had a piece of paper, and no matter which way you turned it, it was the right side up. So, like, a continuous drawing. They kind drawing. of look like angels. They look kind of cherubish. Yeah. Some of them. Um, and they're holding, like, a string with a star attached. So, it's kind of interesting. Um, I'm going to butcher this word, too, because I'm not smart. Um, the bay, bay, balneological, balneological, um, is a section that, again, shows nude women. But this time, they are lounging in pools and bathtubs. And all of those are connected by an elaborate system of pipes that seem to flow from one page to the next. Those are the ones that look like cherub women. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of them are, like, women that are, like, touching the pipes. Mm -hmm. Their hands are in holding, like, connecting the pipes. It was very strange. Um, But they do seem to go from one page to the next. The pharmaceutical section and the herbal section... Um, both have detailed pictures of flowers, root systems, and other plants. These pictures look like plants that we don't have on Earth or may no longer have on Earth. Depending on, I mean, the book's old, so they might have just been old species that we don't have anymore. Um, but best guess is that they are written out to depict pa- plants that have healing properties and how to use them. 
Um, of course, we don't know what that's what the book says, but so that you know, that's just like a theory. But from multiple people who have looked at it, that's kind of like their overall theme is that this has to do with some kind of like health system how to like a diy guy yeah like an almanac for your body i guess um now it does kind of make sense for like the like the astronomical part of it because hundreds of years ago people would use your zodiac sign to determine what medicine like what herbal medicines to give you so everything so because they use that and the fact that those are both in there that is something that they think makes sense now um most of my sign were crazy people still are (laughs) the cosmological section has a focus on nature and has some of the most complex drawings you'll see you see this section has several fold outs and the largest of the fold outs covers about six pages so because this fold out even exists that's proof that this book was costly to make um, this singular piece of parchment would have had to been taken from the center of the calf skin. So, like, if they pulled it all out, the very center of it. And because they would have to pull it from the very center of it, it would cost more. Because now you're going to have scraps of all kinds yeah. of sizes. Um, so, this entire section has but basically, like, a, they kind of just labeled it an island. Um, and there's, like, nine of them all across the page. And they're connected by bridges, and they have castles on them. And they also it also shows what researchers think is a volcano in the background. Um, so this begs the question for me, like, is this like a fantasy world that was created? Like, you know, people create fantasy worlds for books and all that kind of stuff. I wonder if this was just like an early adoption of that. Like, somebody just created a fantasy world. And that's what this whole thing is. What if it's not, though? Oh, I know what if it's not. No, I'm saying, like, what if it's, like, an actual world? Oh, I have that theory, too. But, yeah. It could very well be something. But. I mean, it could. I mean, we have books today that are like that, that are, like, fantasy and sci-fi and, or it's, like, planet Earth, but it's, like, planet Earth a different way. So Different dimension, basically. I mean, there's no telling. I just think. That was crazy. And my first thought about this was the whole journey to the center of the earth. Like, you know, the story and they have, like, go down. There's, like, all these plants and animals and stuff in the center of the earth. That's kind of my first little thing that I thought of. Which is, like, what if this is, like, the I mean, the author of the that earth. wrote that, like, literally mm-hmm. believed mm-hmm. what he wrote. I just think it's really cool. So. It'd be interesting to think about. Lastly, there is what they consider to be the recipe section. Um... But it's basically just a bunch of smaller paragraphs in list form. So, I don't know what it means or what it says, but this just kind of, like, implies that it looks like a recipe form. Um, But it's definitely some type of list. Now, when I tell you this book is kind of incredible, like, I could probably talk about it all day. But it's one of those things that seeing it does a lot more than me just telling you about it. So, if you haven't looked it up already, highly recommend just stopping Going yeah, because the pictures are really... Like, it's very interesting looking. Like, what did you think when you saw it? It was a child. Uh-huh. I'll be honest. See, I just... I childlike. Don't see it being a child. That's Someone just not in their right mind. <laughs> That's just my honest opinion. That's just, like, when I first Googled it. Because... I knew we needed a flyer so people knew what we were talking about today. And I was like, well, let me put, like, a couple of the pages. So I went to, I actually went to the website that Crystal talked about. You can look at the whole thing, the whole shebang. And I was like, it definitely looks like, I shouldn't say a child. Maybe a teenager, somebody younger. So one theory about the book is that a young um, Leonardo da Vinci as a child drew it and did the whole thing to the book, but I'll explain to you later why that's I mean, like, not even possible. are good. Mm-hmm. So somebody with some artistic background or something or just naturally talented. Not me. Um, I have no artistic talent at all. Anyway, um, another cool thing about this book actually is that a lot of the pictures, if you took like 
pictures of like each scene like the giant circle ones and you took pictures of each scene and you like made them go really fast so it actually create like a little moving picture hmm. so it's like they were drawn in like different phases of phases of movements um now um the paint that was actually used for this type of drawings is proof to me that the person who did this was very experienced and that there was some type of money behind the creation of the book. But that even that was debated. So, I will be honest. I saw some research on the internet a couple places, including Wikipedia, um, which is debatable and a good source. But they both said that the paint was very inexpensive and it was very cheap um but then i watched like a couple documentaries and you know like like bethany watched the documentaries and found more evidence that said that the paint was not the ink the paint was very expensive so i don't really know to me it makes sense for it to be expensive however the ink was all the ink is in different batches. Like, they're all different kind of, like, formulas. Like, mm. different pages have different formulas. But for the most part, the painting has, like, the same structure. I so. do have to assume that it's expensive because it's held up mm-hmm. fairly well. Yes. Over. It's really old. Yes. It's old. So, I've also seen sources say that they think that this is part of a child's creation based on the crudeness of the drawings. And, uh, but... That doesn't make sense to me because I feel like the evidence actually suggests the opposite. Yes, these are crudely made drawings, but it's not like they're masterpieces painted on a canvas. But also at the same time, I personally don't think your average 12-year-old could draw the things that were drawn. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I mean, I was drawing some stuff like that. My mom, my grandpa. But I don't That's not everybody in the... That's why I said it has to be somebody that's naturally gifted. See, they didn't look like anything special drawings to me. They just look like yeah, they look like somebody was just quickly sketching. It didn't look like somebody was planning out to draw something intentionally looking good. They were just sketching something. You have to think of the time period, the material. Skin is kind of hard to draw on and paint on. I don't know. I don't think it's a child. Absolutely not. There's no way in this planet that it's a child. So the paint that was used was made from ground minerals and other natural materials and they were bound together with arabic gum so and the way they were applied also were applied in a way that it implies that the person who painted it knew what they were doing with the materials um because one they've lasted and are still vibrant to this day and two they're the people who that I was watching on this documentary, you can watch it on Amazon, were talking about if you were to paint with these materials, it's not something that anybody can just pick up and paint with because sometimes it paints heavy in other areas, lighter in others, and so you have to be very cognizant about how you're painting with it to get the colors you want, you know, mixing stuff together to get the colors you want. Also, some of the colors that were used were very, very expensive, and it makes zero sense to me that you would give a child expensive quality ingredients like that to paint a book that is also arguably very expensive because you had to get the calf, like the center of the parchment from the calf and do all this work for this book that you're just going to give a child. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. And if it was, I would assume that the people who had this money would be known in history as like, like important people or rich people or whatever so you feel like why would this book be a secret like who created the book if it was if they're not from earth if they're yeah so i have a theory about that too um anyway it's weird just just think about that it's weird not a kid not a kid in 2009 though small pieces of the manuscript were finally able to be kind of cut off and carbon dated because before you used to have used to need like a whole lot of an object to carbon date it now you only need like a tiny bit um so these tests determined there's four of them done from different parts of the book and they determined that the parchment was much older than they originally thought 
the manuscript was likely to have been made from 1404 to 1438. That's the time period I saw when I looked at the picture. And would have likely taken several years to complete. It's not something that would have been, like, very quick to make. Um, this already knocked a couple theories out, like, a, um, just completely out the window. Roger Bacon was alive 200 years earlier than this, and he did not live to be incredibly old. He was, like, 73 when he died. Um, it wasn't Leonardo da Vinci. He wasn't even born yet. Um, just, it, it just kind of was like, okay, well, we have no idea who this is now. You just, like, took away the, our thoughts. Um, now, there are several theories that do hold a little bit more value today. One of them suggests that an Italian named Giovanni Fotana, I tried, I tried, um, may have been behind it. His drawings are pretty similar if you look up, like, um, just, just like his method of drawing and how he drew stuff. Um, his are very, very similar, and they you can see why somebody would think that. Um, he was also known for using cryptography in his books a lot. Now, they weren't the same type of, like, method and the same type of writing or anything close to what the Vanyak manuscript uses, but it's obviously two points Similar. of connection. Now, another popular theory that also fits the timeline is that it's the manuscript written by an Italian architect named Filaretti. I googled that one too, and I'm going to tell you that's not his real name. That's just what he goes by because he's that bougie. Um, the theory, the origin of this theory, um, started by with a writer named Nick Pelling back um, in several of his works and he actually used the works of Filarete as like his source material. In a particular book called the Ar Architectonic 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 I don't know it's weird book um, it describes an ideal city and it's shaped like an eight-sided star the city that he dreams up and the book describes the ideal city how it should look he draws heavenly on magic and astrology um to map out the city and how the city should look and how you know houses should be built and the directions they should face um it's mapped out down to like even the schools for boys the schools for girls where like what how home should be everything um, his ideal city was basically his hope for how society would grow. And a lot of his works are actually what people like Da Vinci used when it came to city planning in the future. They actually used his work a lot. Um, so that is why also some people think that his portion of what he wrote in well, supposedly wrote in the Vanyak manuscript was just like a high-level overview of him planning everything out. And this happened to just be one section of where he expounded even more. So, like, the book was just like his journal and it was just like a okay, quick thing. They can't read it. <laughs> I don't know, right? Um, so, that's, that's another popular theory. Now, as I said before, a lot of people have tried to decipher this book. And several have claimed to be successful. Like, a lot of people have claimed to be successful. I'm not going to go through all of them because some of them were stupid. I did pick a couple stupid ones. But, mm. um, Now, the scientific community does not accept any of these as options because they can all be so heavily, like, debated and mm, just dismissed. Um, so, the text isn't, like, anything that resembles any known language, nor do they follow any known rules that languages typically follow. Like, a lot of people, like, even if you don't know a language, if you know a, enough of a language that's similar, you can either piece it together or use rules from your own language to, like, imply, like... Which is funny, because it does look like Hebrew to me. Oh, it doesn't look... I don't know. Like, generally to me, I was like, this looks like a child it also doesn't match any yeah it also doesn't match i read that it doesn't match any known um like they ran it through a computer algorithm and it doesn't match any documented sources of like old like old languages or like early versions of languages it doesn't match anything that's weird 
Um, so the be- everyone's best guess is since it's not a language, that it's a code. So like it's using it's using symbols in replacement of letters or phrases. Which is unheard of. Which is not unheard of. It happened yeah. all throughout history. People do it all the time. So that is people's best guess is that it's a code. Um, however, <laughs> for well over 100 years, code breakers have been stomped, completely stomped at trying to figure this out. All sorts of methods have been used, including substitution ciphers and using pieces of paper with holes cut out in it and to let you read certain words. It's called a cardian grill. They've tried everything. And no one has been able to figure out even remotely what this means. Now, the text could be a type of shorthand. They have considered that it's like a type of shorthand Latin or something like that. Um, Or a made-up language that only the writer and the reader knew. And or. That feels more. That feels more like it to me. Like it's something specifically like he was like, like it's his way of hiding something so no one else could read it. But even then, people slip up and they have a key somewhere or other people mm-hmm. start talking about it. That's how we found out what Morse code was. Yeah. And but, I mean, if you think about it, if someone created a language all for themselves and never told anybody about it and this was their private book, it kind of makes sense. And I did see somewhere someone brought up the idea that maybe it was a medical text that someone had. They had it had been their journal, but they had written in it for the sole purpose of a lot. You had to be very careful back then because if you did stuff with medicine and it cured somebody or you know fixed something, all you were you were a witch, and so they were trying to be hyper careful about sharing anything more like it. Like, this is literally the only book like this. No, like, this was their book. Like, the person who was the healer or the person yeah, who was the I'm doctor. Saying, but what if there's more people like this? Wouldn't Maybe. there be more books out there? I don't know. I just Maybe. feel like whoever made this had to have told somebody. Well, not if, they, not if, they, not if they didn't want anybody to know their very, magic. Very rarely in the world is there a secret. I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyway, um, it does make sense, though, that it is, like, some kind of, like, personal thing that someone created or it's a shorthand. Like, that's, to me, that makes a lot of sense. They put a lot of money into it, though. That, like they wanted somebody that's else to why, see it. That's why I keep going back to it being weird because it's, like, it feels like it was made for someone because, I mean. If it's for yourself, you're not, I mean. It, I'm if it's for yourself, yeah, you throw might. Throw it in a, something I have around my house. Just so yeah, I, I mean, I guess maybe somebody would spend an obnoxious amount of money on something to write and on for yourself. several years. But, me. like, it just doesn't feel like that. It feels like something somebody expect, and it, because there's no mistakes in it, I feel like if it was your personal book, there wouldn't be a mistake. Like, if it was your personal book, there would be mistakes. Because, like, out yeah, but if you're writing something drawing, for somebody else to read, you're going to make it as perfect as possible. I wouldn't have cared what part of what it so was it's from. Weird. It's very weird for me. Um, so, some of the recent claims have been translated, of like, to claims to have translated the manuscript are pretty interesting. A professor named Stephen Bax claimed that he started a translation and was able to discover about 10 words and what they meant. Don't understand how that means. Um, but he implied that the ten words um, were about a treatise on nature. Okay. So basically saving the earth. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, he died before he could finish it. Okay. So maybe he was killed by the universe and said, you're not allowed to know what this means. Um, in 2017, though, um, Nicholas Gibbs said that the manuscript was just a type of shorthand Latin um, and that it was all about women's health. It does have a lot of pictures of women yeah. in it. So, um, and he implied that this was it was actually just plagiarizing another women's text or women's health text at the time. Um, but scholars just basically said this theory was stupid and threw it in the trash due to the fact that his, like, main hypothesis about it was just, like, very shaky and because he had pieced a bunch of other ideas together and then just made them his own. Oh, so since it's about women, I don't know if it, it was, can't be true. I don't necessarily think it was that. I think it was really just the fact that he just pieced it together and presented it as his own. Um, in 2004, there was uh, uh, these two people. 
they don't deserve a name because this is this is a funny <laughs> idea. Uh, this is just stupid to me. Um, suggested that the case that the manuscript was a case of glossolalia. I can't say that word, glossolalia. And that basically the author. Okay, I want to say this is a crazy idea, but I also think this is kind of like could happen. This is kind of also my theory in like a like a woo-woo way. This is the theory I want to be have happened. But they claimed that the author channeled an outside force and then just like through that stream of consciousness, like whatever thing was out there, like focused in on them and then they just wrote and drew the book. So like I want it to be like aliens who just were like we need you to write this book. This is how your planet should live. Or like... I feel like they would physically come. Yeah, or like, ones. it was like this all-powerful God who was just like, here you go. This is how I want but you to take care of my planet. Did, yeah, but then why was nothing done with the book? They just... Maybe he failed uh, his mission. Maybe, uh, maybe he was the one true... Pro- the person who wrote this book was the one true prophet. And the Christian church said, we can't let this get out. It always comes back to the Catholic Church. So, you know, that's just my, that's my woo-woo theory. I don't even think that's an accurate theory. That's just my woo-woo theory. I don't know how many Catholic people have this on their do not pray for list. Probably a lot. Our new friends that we met today were Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt really bad because I was like, you know how much crap I talk about? Oh, your church because that, that's nice that, that doesn't shock me I look if you're see, catholic you should talk crap about your own i could thing. see them doing that even back in the 1400s well yeah there's okay there is i should probably do this I, now that i know what i need to add, add it to the list there is a sect of i should call it christianity that was completely wiped out by the catholic church like a whole people a whole belief whole everything just completely eradicated by the catholic church I should do that. Jesus. That's a good one. Sounds like the Holocaust. Basically. not No, not even basically. There's nothing that could basically equate to that. It wasn't that extreme. horrible. But. That was pretty extreme. That was, that was the, one of the most extreme things that's ever happened on this planet. Um, but. It, it was bad. I mean, that's also extreme. It was bad. It was sad. Either of the. Very sad. I feel like I have a theory. I'll wait, so, though. Um, my, I will, I'm just telling you my theories now because I pretty much told you everything. Um, my That was my woo-woo theory is that, like, some all-powerful God was just dictating how the world should be. I have zero evidence for this. I have z- zero evidence for this. I just, now, I mean, it's now, crazy, but. It's not, no. Wouldn't he write it in English, though? Didn't the Mormons? What's his name? Oh God! Even what's if his you name? have an outside force talking to you, like what? Oh no! They what, talk what's what's the what's the guy who claimed to find the two golden plates in Mormonism? Oh, what's I their can't, leader? I know what you're talking <gasps> about, but I don't. I thought that was. I think. Names. I think that was in a different language. I think I think he translated into English, but when he originally wrote it, it was in a different language Gibberish. or something. I don't know. So maybe it's never. Got, maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It's also a crazy religion. I I don't know. Um, my make sense theory is that it was like a fantasy book that somebody wrote for somebody else. Like it was just like. A couple of rich people who had a thing where they just created a magical universe and they didn't want anybody else to read it. But, like, two people, they were just, like, two best friends and they just kind of created this magical universe that maybe that they wanted or maybe it was this projection of how they wanted the earth to be but they didn't want other people to read it because they don't people think they're crazy and they just created this made-up language and like it was lovers too yeah oh i love that um it has it has nothing but women i know i don't i don't i'd have to nude women pregnant women women in the bathtub women holding stars i have to look again but i don't think i saw i don't know lots of plants like really big and pretty plants plants and like showing you how to like chop up a plant and grind it up and like different stages of like manipulating the plant there's one page where there's just like a giant plant going up the middle yeah of the page it's like is it a vine or a potted plant I don't remember. But it's like... All, all They're crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful book. 
It's wild. Really crazy book. But what's your theory? What if it is aliens? Aliens. Stay with me here. Okay. And it's not islands. It's planets that are all connected. Mm. And it's planets of all women. And they came here and were trying to recruit women from Earth. But it got lost in translation, and they couldn't understand what they were saying, and they left. And then they just didn't talk about it because they would be crazy people. Yeah. So they just kept this book, and obviously they died because people didn't live very long back then. Well, they they lived pretty long. The home guy that I talked about lived in the freaking 1100, 1200s, lived till he was 73. That was amazing because, like, even in the 1800s, some people didn't live past 30. Yeah, but... I know that I remember from that from being history class that the only reason we know we have like a lot of people lived longer than we thought. It's just that infant mortality and mother like pregnancy mm, yeah. was like you died so often as a baby, a child, or a pregnant person that it brought down the average much, it much did. lower. It did. That's true. So, I think that's sad. That's just my theory. Yeah. I like <sighs> just because it's all women. Yeah. Just I like my woo-woo theory. I like all the theories, I'll be honest. Even the ones people are like, that's that's not what happened. Um, I like my woo-woo theory the best. That but what if it was like their planets were thriving and that's what they did and they were trying to tell us and these are good medicines that you can make from plants and this is how you should grow your crops and this is how you treat your people. But What if it was somebody from the future? could be so has our language changed maybe i don't know it's just a little, i think I it's the language know. i'm not even hung up on the fact that it could be an alien i'm hung up on the language it is weird and i just i think it's weird that it's obviously a very distinctive writing style because like like i said like it doesn't even make sense for like if it's grouped by like sentences or each symbol indicates a word they're not grouped together how sentences would be like structured or how statements would be structured like none of that's no because some of them are long some of them are mm-hmm. short so everything you can be like stop. it can be like 12 characters 15 characters all lined up and then skip and two and then two of them and then like random words seem to be capitalized what if the decoders were right on that part what if it's not like journal entries or like paragraphs what if it is a list list of stuff we're supposed to do i think i think especially the recipes portion of it is a hundred percent like a list it's listing something or what if it's instructions on how to get to their planet that would be or like an invite you know like in like like when you can understand this come here yeah it's cool. not islands, it's planets. Can we have, like, a TV show? This is very Stargate for me I right do feel now. like somebody could make this, and I'm surprised it's never been... Like, a movie about it. Or something. Dang it, I'm going to have a dream about it in the next week. I'm just going to like, oh, no, I'll now remind you. Now that I've some of it, it feels very Doctor Who-ish. Yes, it feels very Doctor Who-ish. Now that I've watched some of it. Did you finally get the moisturize me? God, that was awful. Isn't it horrible? I told I told my brother that you watched it, and then I immediately mentioned that, and he's like, "That's such a hyper specific Doctor Who reference," and I was like, "I know." It's literally the second episode. It is, but it's like so funny to me. It's my favorite thing. It was so it was the fir- I will admit, weird. I will let you know, the first season is the roughest to me because I do not like Christopher Eccleston. Like he's a good Doctor Who. But spoiler, you get a second Doctor Who in season two. I've already kind of picked up on that. And then what the tree lady does yeah. in the second, I kind of feel like maybe he is an alien or something mm-hmm. along that lines. Mm-hmm. He's not from, I don't know. But yeah. Um. So I like David Tennant a whole lot. And you'll know. Um. But it gets better in season two. I'm really tempted to watch it all over again because I made Tyler watch it. And I got Tyler pretty into it. We ended at, like, season 12 when he, like, finally quit watching it with me. But I think I'm on, like, episode 4 or 5. I haven't watched that much into it, but I do think it's interesting. You will like it as you go on because you start getting, like, more characters in history. And my favorite part about it is, like, a lot of, like, the great mysteries of the universe. 
like they imply like the doctor had something to do with it. So I think it's cute. I really like it. I, I mean, that's not a bad idea if somebody came from another planet, from a planet or, or the, the future, future, and we have this whole different women rule the earth, the planet. We've gotten rid of all the men and have learned how to live without them, mm-hmm. and they come back and see if they can maybe do it sooner. Mm-hmm. Here's this book. Call me a feminist, but I still think women are smarter than men. Something. I don't know. It did. I, I'm not going to lie. The first time I looked at it, I was like, this is a teenage girl. Or a I didn't young, see that. a young woman. Cause I, I was like, think of a lot that. of naked women, <laughs> a lot of just women in general, and plants, and the way the, I don't know. It felt very feminine. I know that's very stereotypical of me. Yeah. It just didn't feel like something a man drew. That's awful to say, because men can. But I don't know. Hmm. That's just when I uh, was looking it up. Well, it's a very interesting. Very interesting book. May never know what it is. Maybe. It makes me think of Futurama, the Amazonian women's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just like a planet out there of Amazonian women only coming to Earth for Snoo Snoo. <laughs> and then going back to their islands with the bridges and the volcano. It would be so cool. I watched a video today on TikTok and it was one of the, I think I sent it to you. <laughs> You'll have to watch it. It's very space-related at the beginning, but you have to watch it all the way to the very end. But basically, it, like, gave me an existential crisis, like they all all space videos do. Um, And it was basically showing us a picture of the observable universe. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, so there's this, like, thing in the universe, and it's, like, got, like, all these, I'm going to call them dancing phalanges for Mm -hmm. Bones or Friends references. Mm -hmm. Um... And on the tip of one of those is the Milky Way galaxy. Mm-hmm. And one of the little stars in that is our star. Mm-hmm. And then there's the planet Earth. And then there's us. Mm-hmm. And that always spins me into the biggest existential crisis of all time. To realize that it's how naive awesome. I am to think that I am the only, the only planet that I'm on the only planet in that entire observable universe that has living human beings on it it's very plausible I mean look how old the earth is and look at how much we still have not discovered of the our own planet mm-hmm. uh, so much think of the about, ocean think about how many other successful thriving planets could have already lived and died mm-hmm. it's very very I don't know what the word entitled or, or something for people to think that we're the only ones on Earth. We know Earth's not. Look at all the other planets we have just in our general vicinity. I don't think that we fully don't even understand them. I mean, we have a little bit. Like, I feel like Mars is the one we know the most about. It blows my mind. I, I don't know. I love space. I wish that I lived, like, Six hundred, eight hundred years in the future, and I could like join like a group of like military space explorers and just live on a spaceship and travel space and just be out in space and just see if there's anything out there. Like I literally wish I was smart enough to apply for the Mars mission. I wish it was that sweet and simple, but I feel like a lot of people when they go out there, it's just like. All of our countries want to be the first for everything, so they're just like out there trying yeah. to be the first. Yeah, but, but I think I everybody like on the select a- few that are like that. Well, the ISS, I feel like, is pretty. People are pretty friendly. I mean, it's a bunch of countries, yeah. like living in one area. I mean, you probably your best friends probably a Russian, and yeah. y'all make jokes and watch TV and float mm-hmm. around all day. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. That's why I want to live, like, not now. I wish I lived, and I hope that, I'm not obviously going to, like, remember this, but I hope that I am reincarnated in a couple thousand years as, like, somebody that actively explores space. Like, there would bring me no more joy than knowing that, like, a future reincarnation of myself is floating around in space, exploring, and 
doing cool stuff in space, just like living in space. Like if we just lived in space, like a self-sustaining community, because we no longer could live on Earth, like there would be nothing that brought me more joy than that. Because I think it's the coolest thing. That sounds nice. Sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. I just know all of my reincarnations are nothing like that. <laughs> my reincarnations before me were probably horrible people. <laughs> I yeah, feel like they were like mine were all just. I don't know. I probably was in the 60s. I just have a feeling. I think I, I definitely think there was a reincarnation of me in like the 60s, 70s. Hardcore there was. Um, no way that there wasn't. No, no absolute way that there wasn't. Just because of how I relate to some stuff sometimes. And just that sense of freedom and just change and progress and open-mindedness and I don't know that's what I feel like I was definitely part of the the 60s and then before that strangely enough I feel like I was part of the 40s no it's like a very small group of time so I must have died early but I definitely feel like I was in the 40s but who knows hopefully I wasn't a crappy person and hopefully I was loved by all who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But that's all I got for everyone. Um, my episode is a little bit long. Just a little. That's okay. That was interesting. It was intriguing. I'm honestly surprised I've never heard of this before. Well, now you know about it. And you can make an obscure reference about it one day. And people are going to be like, what are you talking about? And when someone eventually solves it, you can be like, whoa, they solved it. Even if we're, like, 99 years old. I would love to, but I just feel like this is one of those things that... Better left a mystery? I don't know if better or it just will. I don't know. Could it have probably solved something on our planet or helped us? Yeah, but... So good. A lot of other things. Who knows? But, okay. Well, Oriana Lot, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your night. If you made it through all this... While you were working, doing anything else, thank you for listening. I hope you have a great day at work. I hope you have a great day cleaning your house or whatever, grocery shopping, whatever you're doing. Um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening. And tune in next week for a missing persons. A missing persons case, yes. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. I was sitting here trying to figure out what we're doing. And, yes, missing persons. So uh, tune in next time, guys. Bye.